It's time for a Shway Media Podcast. What is going on today, Schweg Nation? What is up? Uh, how are you all doing today? My name is Sam Schwegler, or as my friends like to call me, Schweezy. Welcome to this week's episode of the Schwegcast. We went on a little hiatus for a little while, just so I could work on my mental health, work on some new music, um, work on with other people, and work on myself, most of all, just mainly work on myself. But we are back for the year with more episodes of the most swaggiest show out on the internet. I think that is that. It is Labor Day where I am at today, and so it's two days before this episode released. I'm drinking beer, and I am recording this to be cool. And I am just hoping you all have a good week today. In a good next couple of weeks, you can always check out more shows like this at shawaymedia.com and other shows like this one. And... Also, you can always check out me at samshruggermusic.com. Um, that's where I do most of my things. You can also follow me on the interwebs. There's the Schwegcast on Twitter, at the Schwegcast, and then there's at Sam Schwegler. And then there's Sam Schwegler on Instagram, and you can also follow me on Facebook. I believe that is sam.schwegler. And so you don't want to miss any of those. You can always keep up to date with everything that I am up to doing. And today, especially today, is a great day because I have my spiritual mentor, fr- one of my great friends and father of my niece and two nephews or my nipplings, as I like to call them, uh, Josh Casey. Josh has taught me a majority of everything I believe in spiritually or understand spiritually. And he's taught me most of what I know about how to make cocktails. Um, it's really funny. Uh, I went to Bloomington a couple weeks ago. I wanted to see the little nipplings. I wanted to see him. I wanted to see Michaela, his wife. And so we had to do a lot. We had to record a podcast uh, while we were together for that. And so we thought we narrowed it down pretty well. We had a lot of drinks. We did what no man has ever done before. We drank a Four loco responsibly. And if you ever want to try a Four loco, good news, they're not that expensive, Bad news is they don't taste good at all. This is the first time I've ever actually remembered tasting a Four loco, and it's not it's not good. And we also took a Jaeger bomb because whenever I see my friends, I always like to take a Jaeger bomb with them before we start heavily drinking. And uh, Josh did not like that either, as you're going to tell when we open up the episode. It's it's not good, and it's kind of one of those things where like Four loco and Jaegermeister, it's kind of like you're embarrassed to buy those two things. That's the weird thing about it is you don't feel, at least I don't, because I'm 25, and so I don't feel comfortable buying things like that. But some other people are okay with that. So, you know what? You do you. You live your life to the best way you can. And I do believe that America the Podcast is coming back next week, and so I would check out that. It's going to be a fun show. always has been a fun show ever since they did start. They're starting season three, which I remember when season one first came out. What a roller coaster that was. And... Yeah, And so, at the end of this episode, Josh gives his drunk history lesson on church history, at least one story, which I don't want to spoil for you right now. But if you do want to know more about church history, there's always Skillshare. Skillshare is actually one of the sponsors for today's show. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join with millions of other people to learn cutting-edge skills, network with your peers, and discover new opportunities for yourself. Skillshare has a simple purpose, to give you the skills and the expertise needed to succeed. And I could literally just do a search, and I could find church history, I could find bartending, cocktail making, 
and uh, music, which is a big part of this podcast. Um, I do know, do I try to learn? I know I do. I try to learn as much as possible. And Skillshare really helps out with that. And you can get your first three months for only 99 cents by using the link in the description of this episode, which is something you should definitely take advantage of because 99 cents for unlimited professional classes is something that you do want to take advantage of. So check out the link in the description of this episode to get more information on that. And with our coming back from our hiatus, we also have a brand new sponsor for this episode. This episode is sponsored by Honey. Honey is a free browser extension you can download using the link in the description of this episode. Honey searches the entire internet for promo codes, coupon codes, free shipping, and anything else that will save you money when buying things online. It is 100% free, and at no point will you have to pay for it at all, especially with those pesky microtransactions that seem to be more common in our day-to-day lives. I've actually been using Honey for, I would say, one to two years now. Like It was pretty much I got it right when they began because I saw it. I was like, I have to get this. I've saved hundreds of dollars on audio equipment, clothes, uh, shoes. Um, I could give you thousands of things. Um, when I try to order pizza online, I always just click on Honey to see what discount they can get me. I try to avoid using like the app on my phone because I know if I do on my computer, I can save a ton of money. And I remember for a while, Pizza Hut had this deal where you get like free breadsticks or something like that with carryout. And it was phenomenal with Honey. Honey found that extension. And it's definitely something I use on a daily day basis I approve of. And even before we got the sponsorship for this episode. So use the link in the description of this episode, add that extension to your browser, and start saving money on things you buy online, especially things you always buy. Honey is fantastic. It is a game changer. Go save some money and use the description in this episode to save that money. And without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get into my conversation with the Josh Casey, the Lucky Charms elf. And like I always like to call him the wheat Jesus freak. And so stay tuned, listen to our conversation. It'll definitely change your life. And don't touch that dial, people. Take this Jaeger bomb, your first Jaeger bomb. Uh, I guess. All right, three, two, one. Oh, goddamn, that's awful. It's not supposed to be good. <laughs> it's like that cough syrup you drink when you're a kid. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, um, well, let's do a podcast. Okay, let's do a podcast. So, um, <laughs> Like you already heard in the intro, we got Josh Casey, J.M. Casey of the J.M. Casey blog on the show today. So, (laughs) and today on the show, we're doing what no man has ever done before or woman because we're a Schwoke podcast. You know, you know what Schwoke is. You were there. You were in the meetings. I was there at the inception of Schwoke. Yeah. And the Schwoke Lord. Look, Schwoke lore. The birth of it. It's hard. It's hard to be from the Midwest and also be Jewish because you can't say the names. 
So, but we're doing what no man has ever done before. We are drinking a, we're drinking a four loco responsibly. Now, yesterday I texted or I called Josh and I was like, watermelon, strawberry, or gold. And he was like, uh, gold. And I was like, okay. So I'm going to take my first sip of, I don't remember what four loco tastes like. I've drank it before. I don't, I, I, I can say that I've never learned. Like, I, I feel like I have a pretty wide range of alcoholic enjoyment, but I've never had the displeasure of having a Four Locos, so... And I don't know why I'm the one uh, introducing you all these really crappy drinks. I, no, that's exactly why. <laughs> Bottoms up. Oh. Man. You sure know how to pick them. Did you, did you not like it? Um... No, 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 I didn't. I don't think I liked it, but I didn't hate it either. It's not as bad but as I, the Jaeger bomb. But I did just take a Jaeger bomb, and so I feel like that kind of sets the tone. Like it can't get worse than that, mm-hmm. and so everything is better by comparison. Yeah, that's why you start off with a Jaeger bomb. That's why I always oh, start off my friends' parties with, "Okay, let's take a Jaeger bomb to get us into it." So when I listen to the podcast, should I also take a Jaeger bomb so that everything else is better by comparison? Um, I Does mean, that help the listening? Um, it kind of can. A lot yep. of the guests, I always ask the guests, hey, and uh, so I use part of our budget um, that we actually make um, to, you know, it's like, you guys want PBR or anything? And so I was like, yeah, I'll take a PBR. <laughs> so <laughs> PBR might as well be a sponsor for the show. They should, yeah. It's very much as a, like. washing down the rest of this, so. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah, it's our chaser to our yeah. <laughs> Four Loco. But, um, yeah, I've never remembered what it tastes like because usually you don't remember what happens that's, after a four yeah, loco. Yeah, that's sort of the yeah. As the legend has it, and like I already told you, you can't find it at a actual liquor store. Yeah, you have to buy it at a gas station. Yeah, um, I just I just don't know what to say. I'm speechless about about this this particular whole. experience here. And we're drinking it out of wine glasses. I thought I might class it up a little, mm-hmm. but it, it is a four loco. And your wine glasses are a lot nicer than mine because mm-hmm. mine are like half plastic because they're from Walmart. Oh, well, you know. Because if you break them, then it's like, oh. Yeah, well. It was a dollar. I mean, these were probably some like shitty uh, wedding gift back before we drank. So, you know, this is. Or <laughs> well, well, you, before you my put wife your drank. sparkling apple cider. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah, that's what you do. But, uh, yeah, but. Did you have a dry wedding? Oh, yeah, of course we did. Thanks thanks for not inviting me to your dry wedding. Yeah. It was really sad that, you know, I knew you from, like, what what would that have been? Five years in the future? Mm-hmm. Something like and that. And you're just like, nope. Nope. I'm going to know this guy named Sam, and I want nothing to do with him starting now. I think, because um, it's Tyler and Ashlyn, um, we had a joke when we all lived in the same town that I was like, oh, thanks for inviting me to your wedding um, back before I knew them. Yeah. But I knew Ashlyn's older brother, funny enough. Oh, so. so it was like, and so I have a bunch of high school graduation invitations mm-hmm. and I've been meaning to take some and mail it to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come that on would, down in like May of 2012. That would, that would do justice for, um, all of their crazy Christmas cards that they send out. Oh yeah. Just, if I can, if I can time it right, I feel like it would be really good. Yep. That's, I think that's going to be the truth. send it out like early May. Or like or April. Late April. I think yeah. April would be perfect. <laughs> but I actually have to go back to Kirksville. That, oh. that's, that's the problem. I have to go back to Missouri. 
about that. Mm. I'm actually getting, my life's getting a little bit better. I'm consolidating where all my friends live. <laughs> so you live in Bloomington, and that's like well, what I found out four hours away no. from <laughs> from where <laughs> I live. Not three. So, because Waze apparently, I, well, I showed up at 930 in my time zone. Oh. That's, I mean, that's, that's correct. Gotcha. I thought it was accounting for that. I was like. Yeah. Well, Indiana is weird. It, it used to not have um, daylight savings time at all. Mm-hmm. And then it does have it now, like only recently, like in the last decade or so. But um, part of the state doesn't. So like the western part of the state, there are pockets of it. Not like a whole line, but just like sections of it that don't have daylight savings time. That's it's, that's weird. It's weird. And like the so like on the western side, you you could end up being in central time. Mm-hmm. But then, like, drive, you know, two miles one direction, and now you're in Eastern. It's, it's weird. Because I noticed, I was looking at the time zone. I was like, so where is the cutoff for the time zone in, like, my direction I'm driving? Yeah. And I looked at, like, so outside of Chicago's central time. Right, Chicago which, That is. makes a little bit more sense. Because yeah. you don't want, like, the whole kind of metro to be in a different time zone. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the lower western part of Indiana is also central. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's it, it kind of, it cuts off Chicago, which... <laughs> I I partially just wonder if that was because when they were creating the time zone um, differences for like earlier for for um, postal service and stuff like that, um, they you know they did that so that when you sent something from the east coast, by the time it finally made it there, like the times made sense to people. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if they did that for Chicago just because it was like the major hub for yeah. the middle of the country at the time. Mm-hmm. But they made Tennessee super. Everyone like says Tennessee's weird because it splits right in the middle. Yeah. And so, which I don't live on the other, on Knoxville, so it doesn't bother yeah. me. And so, like, and then, like, like we were saying, I was consu- my, all my friends are consolidating into one area, into a few different areas. So most of them live in Kansas City now. Mm-hmm. I have one friend who still lives in Joplin with his wife, and they're wanting to move to Kansas City once he finishes school, not at Ozark. Praise God. <laughs> and then, so they all move into Kansas Another friend moved to Kansas City, Parents still live in Kirksville, so if I, like, consolidate to those two cities and then Bloomington, I think we've got a good thing going. Yeah, yeah, then you can just kind of, like, do a little... Yeah, it's like, Bloomington, and then... Yeah, take 70. Well, if you take, if you come up, you know, to Bloomington, <coughs> then you drive up to Indy and just take 70 all the way to Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Does yeah. 70 go through here? Uh, no, it's it's about an hour and a half. It's about an hour north oh, okay. of here. But... And I think I thought it was three hours... And then I added an, and then you add the extra one for the four. Because we went to the farmhouse, it was farmhouse is an hour south. of That here. made That's more sense. I, I thought you lived like right next. Oh yeah, no, I live about forty-five minutes to an hour from Pickens. So. Depends on how fast you drive. It's true. Yeah, this is riveting radio, by the way. I know. This right? is great for it's this for is the what people it's a, pay for. Yeah, you know, the schwulk schwulk lore. It's better in text. Oh, yes. So, but anyways. Um, Let's see. What what can we talk about? Because um, before we talked about your stuff, um, so we're drinking alcohol for the first time. And, Indeed. And uh, fun fact for all the listeners uh, out there, um, Josh was actually in the beta test of the Schwedcast. That's true. I was. So and we haven't had him on yet just because we haven't been in the same location. No. And I prefer to do it in the same location just because then we both have equal mic quality. Same. So true too. Oh, well, I mean, like I've had Micah on a few times, but it's for like ten minutes. Like, yeah, hey Micah, talk about something, and then <laughs> he just then he just talks for ten minutes, and then I'm like, all right, cool. 
Cool. Thanks. Bye. Um, okay. Thanks. Bye. But uh, but yeah. What else were we talking? Because yeah. Um. So there's a new. I've never been to this house before. Right. Yeah. The, so our our shoebox. Well, it's like it's a townhouse, so mm-hmm. it's like vertical basically so this is as big as it gets Mm -hmm. um and then when you go upstairs it's like three individual little Mm -hmm. rooms and so yeah so so yeah the kids bunk beds (laughs) yes the boys have bunk beds and oh that is kind of gets her own because she's the girl and so she in the baby so she's the favorite Mm -hmm. yeah of course just how it is you you just you just tell the other two bad real parents oh yeah well i I feel like parents who know what they're doing understand that you have a favorite at all times and like that that has that has the ability to switch over time yeah but right now i mean ellie i mean i mean out of the palm of her hand i can i mean she's the most cute two-year-old girl you've ever seen so mm-hmm. i can i mean if she asked me to murder you i would do it yeah so it's you know yeah i've gone through favorites with your kids too because yeah. like back when you had two back in the day it would switch between cadence and leland uh-huh. because like sometimes canes would get a little too mouthy yeah and leland does. leland would just be kind of annoying so yeah. i was just like oh, whichever one's less annoying is my favorite and then eleanor came along and so i was like she's automatically my favorite and then i told them it's like she's my favorite girl yeah <laughs> To make them feel better. I just tell them she's my favorite. That's, they just have to deal with it. It's good. Try to keep their expectations low. Mm-hmm. That's why whenever they do something really, really good, I just tell them that that was adequate. And Are you allowed there. to say what Leland told you getting <laughs> cookies? Are, would you be allowed to say <laughs> yeah, that here? Yeah, so we were out at the um, this cookie delivery place, uh, place in our order one time, and it was, it was me and another friend, and... Um, we had Leland with us because we were like on an excursion, and Leland just looks at us and he goes, "What'd you say? Eat two dicks." <laughs> so this is a four-year-old kid, <laughs> like he's in preschool, and and then we just kind of go, "What?" And he says it again, and then we ask him again, and this time we get the phone out for the video evidence, and it, it was wonderful. So just be like that was funny. Just don't don't say it around t- you're at school. Yeah, exactly. We think it's funny. Don't say it to other people because they won't. That's the problem. That's why I'm like I don't think I'd be good enough to be a parent yet. Yeah, that's how I kind of know. It's just like oh, kids cussing is the funniest thing in the it world. Is. Like it's it's hilarious, especially when you're not the one who taught it to them. It's yeah, like well, right, it wasn't and, me. It wasn't me. I mean, let's be honest. They did learn it from me, but it's you know it's only <laughs> partially fair. I like I like though. Who wants to get fucked up? Like who was the one who? I know. <laughs> I don't remember. Of course, that's probably the problem, not remembering saying that. But mm-hmm. I, try, I try to keep those moments you, after the kids are in bed. That's why you get the kids to bed early so you can start drinking. Yeah, yeah All right, exactly. it's 5 p.m. Time to go to bed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, okay, so, and I mean, the video wouldn't exactly make for good radio, but um, Michaela, so Michaela's my wife. Um, <laughs> like, when I say better half, I literally mean my much better half. Um, so she left for for the day on a like on a Saturday left like at seven in the morning or something and I knew she wasn't getting back till like nine that night um and the kids had just been I mean they just been horrible human beings for like two days straight all of them had it was the end of the summer we were all so this is like just a few weeks ago we were all ready for like them the boys to go to school for Eleanor to you know start to get ready for daycare when when my wife goes to school goes back to school and I'm at I'm at work and um Anyway, they're all flipping out, and so I get I get this video that I sent to her at one point where Eleanor, the two year old girl, is like pulling on my shirt oh, and sobbing. Yeah, and then I like I can hear Leland crying from the other room, so I walk over and my four year old Leland is sitting on the stairs weeping over something <laughs> else, and then I walk down the hallway and my almost eight year old 
cadence, he's sitting in the chair just pissed, like just so angry about something. I don't even remember what it was. It's probably like I didn't let him watch TV or something. And I, he could tell I took a, was taking a video of him, and he threw a pillow at me. And then it didn't, like, have the effect he wanted. And so he threw it again, <laughs> knocking the phone out of my hand. And so the video is, like, all of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. Blair Witch. Jurassic. Yeah, Jurassic exactly. Park. And then you pick it up, and he's just, like, looking at me like, I want to I want to kill you. Um, and that's a day in the life of parenting. I, I remember, yeah, you sent me that video. I'm like, what did you do to make them all three cry at the <laughs> same time? Oh, but the point of that story was I drank an entire bottle of wine right after that. Oh, like, yeah. We had a bottle in the fridge that someone had left, and I was like, I'm going to drink that now. And I, I mean, just bottle, bottle, like just glass after glass until it was gone. And then things were better. Mm-hmm. Like when you learn your limits on alcohol, it's like, I learned that I could drink an entire bottle of wine and I might not remember. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I might have, I might enjoy my children tonight and that's probably not a great coping skill, but who cares? As long as they don't get hurt. Like, yeah, well, yeah. um, well, the lit, the free lift app gets used to ride in minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. Speaking of Lyft, Lyft has a policy where um, if someone has a service animal or like a um, just an emotional support animal, like you have to give them a ride, like even like if you're allergic or whatever. And to be fair, I was like, I would rather give a ride to a dog than a child. Like truth. Are, is uh, Lyft going to start doing the thing that, that uh, Uber does where they can tell if you're drunk based no, on their algorithms? No, definitely not. <laughs> it's like I never saw that. Uh, like I don't, I don't understand that purpose because it's like half of your market is drunk people. And, and see, that's what I wonder if maybe it's like if there are some people. So like if you're driving, like, is it platinum or whatever the higher level mm-hmm. is? Like you can choose not to serve them if they're like showing up as drunk, or like if you know that they're drunk, you just come prepared with bags and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder. Mm, yeah, or you have to be like CPR certified to, to, no, <laughs> to take your own people. You're like, well, I'm gonna cancel this ride. Um, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna see you later. Have fun on the side of the interstate. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like that's kind of like even like taxi services. Like that's half of what they do. It's like yeah, give drunk. Like the whole point is like a designated driver. Yeah, so people don't drink and drive. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're. They'll get mad at you if you drink and drive, but then if you drink and then not drive, you get... I mean, that happened one time. I I ended up getting a ticket. We were in Warrensburg. Yeah, I remember you told me the yeah, story. Yeah, and so, like, we were... I was out with a few friends, and um, I mean, this is right when we moved there. And so, like, I mean, we, we drank tons of shots and just, you know beer and other shit all night long and then i was like i live a mile away we're or it was less than a mile away we're gonna walk home it's a nice night we'll just leave the car the parking doesn't city parking didn't technically start to like 7 a.m mm-hmm. so i'll you know i'll deal with the hangover wake up early come come get the car um i got the car at 705 and i'd already had a ticket on it Jeez. and i was like okay either the either the cop was quick on quick on the jump there or like they just put it on there knowing that and i'm like i i did the responsible thing and i had to pay an extra 25 bucks for it i know i saw i saw um like things online where like people post like like a little like piece of paper is like hey uh Got drank too much, decided to walk home. Please don't give me a ticket. Yeah. And the cops were like, chill with it. <laughs> but that's true. I probably should have put a note on there. Mm-hmm. That's why you always leave. leave. And <laughs> 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 have you watched the new Arrested Development season? I have not seen either of the Netflix seasons. Like, I kind of want to keep the first three seasons mm-hmm. like pristine in my mind. And so I haven't, I haven't attempted the other two yet. Well, I haven't had time to watch the newest season. Yeah. That's why, you know, I had to plan like two months in advance to come see you. Oh. 
just to like make sure I can come see you. Yeah. It's like, okay, I think I got some time to come. We can make this happen. We can make this happen. Podcast recording. And then if I if I say we're recording a podcast, it's a business trip. Yeah, and exactly. Then, <laughs> it's tax deductible, right? I think I think I could. I think so. I technically could. Um could uh yeah. respond to us on this episode. Do we use Twitter anymore? Tim, I know you're listening. Do we use Twitter anymore? Make a poll. Do we do the Twitters? Tim Tim is the the network owner. Oh so. well, well Tim obviously is gonna let you, you know, deduct this. Tim, can we deduct this? Obviously. I, I also mean, need um, $50 for a, for some <laughs> p- more PBR. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need more PBR. We, we need more Four loco. I think. God, how much? Four loco is like the ramen noodles of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if ramen noodles could, like, totally destroy you after one, one um, serving of it. I'm not sure if I can finish. Yeah, I feel like I drink more than you, so I feel like I've held up my end of the bargain. Okay, I'm going to try to get down to you. I, we might I'm gonna bust out some of the whiskey or something here in a little True. bit. We can do that. True. Um, I mean, we always have... We're only 18 minutes in for yeah. an hour-long episode, so... Oh, yeah, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. There's lots of alcohol to be imbibed. I know. But let's see. The last time we saw each other, it was January, and it snowed like hell. Like both. That's true. Even in Nashville. That wasn't Nashville. That, that wasn't January, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. What a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> Accurate. In Austin Doyle's basement. So I'd like to say. That's one, that one's for the folks at home. But yeah, it's one of the rare occasions I get to use the table mic stands. So oh, it's pretty well, exciting. You know, it's, it's with, with, you're with adults now. <laughs> well, when you're in a, like a music recording studio, yeah. you don't have like a, like a table in the middle of the room. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. So. It's the vibe that counts. That's all. Oh, that, that's all that matters. With these podcasts. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you're aware. You've listened to every single episode. Oh yeah, every every single sing- every single one. <laughs> last night to prepare for it. I, yes, I listened to you on like three three times the speed and just <laughs> <laughs> it's the chipmunk speed. I do. I, that's I do. Uh, I did the Harry Potter on one and a half speed. Yeah. With Jim Dale, and it was. And then I'm like, I went back to the normal speed. I'm like, I didn't realize he was reading it this slow. <laughs> I listen to most of my podcasts on 1.25 mm-hmm. or whatever that is. And then there's a couple that are really well produced. And so I leave it at regular speed just so mm-hmm. I can, because I know like they took a lot of time. And so I kind of go based upon what I know, like the, the craft that was being in, mm-hmm. involved there. Sorry, that stupid flies. Are it's all good. Right. Same in my, same in my studio. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've been really into uh, Dissect. It's like a music analysis podcast. Oh, that's cool. You know, oh, well, they do it by seasons, which is really cool because I don't yeah. listen to a lot. Of, I usually listen to like talk shows. Yeah. Season three is on all of Frank Ocean's music. Oh, so. that's cool. And then season two was Kanye West's A Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Huh. And so I'm in the middle of all the Frank Ocean stuff, and it's like, I've been listening to this album for two years, and I did not realize like half of the stuff that was going on. So is... is um. Do they do, like, per song? Do they do it based upon, like, themes that you find in every song? Well, or? it goes, like, song by song. Okay. So some some episodes will have, like, two songs or three songs in them. But, like, okay. some of the songs are, like, how I do the music where it's, like, small interludes. Yeah. And so it's, like, there's not really too yeah, much to yeah, talk about. And then, like, um, there's one, one song off his album, Channel Orange, called Pyramids. Which that song is one of those songs that like every songwriter and producer will spend their whole entire life trying to make like ten seconds of that song. Yeah. Then Frank Ocean made this eight minute 
masterpiece out of that. That's awesome. And it was in two parts. Like, I think the first part had, like, one other song with it, but hmm. it's, I mean, that was a whirlwind. That's cool. So, you're listening to, like, history and then religion. <laughs> I don't listen to as much of the religion anymore, mm-hmm. you know. At some point, you get burned enough times, you kind of, yeah. like, you know, take your hand off the stove. Well, I know. But, uh, I remember, yeah, because I was telling you, like, now I'm here. I'm like, hey, I haven't been in the church game a while. Is anything, <laughs> we updated anything that I need to be aware of? Like, when the Catholics were like, and also with you instead of, and with you as well. Yeah, it's like, is that the, was that Mulaney? Yeah, or, John Mulaney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to know these updates so I can pretend like I've been keeping up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I basically still go to church because my mom told my wife to make sure that I go. Um, right no. now, I mean, you know, I think there's seasons. I'm sure at some point I'll, I'll come back to it cause it's, you know, I just can't quit it. It's a, it's a, it's like an mm-hmm. abusive relationship for me basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, like that's, that's kind of been, been my experience and, um, it, it has been interesting switching, really switching traditions entirely. Mm-hmm. I'm staying within the, within Christianity, but moving from a very, very kind of lo- what would be called low church, like typical evangelical, like what you would see if you just ex- like just walked into most churches these days mm-hmm. and then coming to something that is much more what you would expect at a Catholic church. I mean, it's the Episcopal church, but it's, it's very similar. Minus the with things with the little boys. Yeah. Minus that. Dear God, another, like another thing. Yeah. In Pennsylvania. God. I, I like me. It's like, there's a lot of things about Catholicism alike. And I know there's a lot of really good Catholics out there. Mm-hmm. But that one thing is just like, I will never be it's, Catholic just for that. Well, and it's going to, if the Catholic Church is able to survive it, it's going to be a couple of generations before that, it, before they're able to move forward as an institution mm-hmm. on that. And, you know, it's it's really sad that Pope, because Pope Francis, who's just baller, yeah. he was, um, he was actually second in, like, he was second in, not in line, he was, like, second most in votes, basically the runner-up for Pope the, a, couple, a couple times ago with ben, when Benedict won. And so he could have, we could have had him for, like, multiple decades. But, oh, like, cool. he's going to, I mean, he's going to die. I mean, I mean, he's not super old, but he's not, like, decrepit, but. Well, I feel like with Popes, it's, like, they're already dead, but, like, some weird Jesus power keeps them alive for yeah. some reason. It's like a, la- I like to John call it the Paul Lazarus was, effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Benedict looks like a Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> like, you know he wa- he wasn't great when he retired. That's only happened a couple times in the, like, 2,000-year history What do you do after you retire being a pope? It's kind of like, like... I don't know. Because, like, you have to be so old, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like retiring. It's like... Coming out of retirement's kind of like, oh, you really didn't have anything to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know exactly what he does these days, mm-hmm. but... Um, ChristianMingle.com. Christian, yes, Sponsor he, for today's episode. <laughs> he runs ChristianMingle.com. That'd be perfect. Um, there's... Oh, I mean, uh, Eugene Merman had this stand-up skit on one of his Netflix specials, and it was all about, it's like, so I found a website called Ask a Pastor. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, he asked him the question, so uh, me and this other guy think this child might be mine. I'm not sure. He suggests the best way to resolve it is just by cutting the baby straight in half. Um, And I don't think that's a good idea. Is there any specific examples that we could go (laughs) off of to solve this situation? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did the pastor actually respond pretty sure he's not i'm like i'm assuming if it's something like an online forum where like you don't have to like be anyone to like write a question like yeah. you know you're gonna probably get a bunch of trolls yeah 
It's like, I mean, I don't have the energy because that pastor's probably an okay guy. Yeah. Like, you know, he's probably okay. He's just like, I just really want to help people. And <laughs> then he just keeps getting these. <laughs> just a bunch of random. You know, he probably thought, like, that was a groundbreaking idea to have a website called Ask a Pastor. And, and you think, like, if the world was a decent place, like, it'd probably be a good idea. If the world's a decent place, though, would we need websites like Ask a, pa- Ask a Pastor? Yeah, that is true. That, yeah, that is the... That is the big thing. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but, deep uh, questions. Deep questions with the Shwedcast. Yes. Going on here. The most Shwedcast out there. Brought to you by Christian Mingle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so annoying if we did ads in the middle of the episodes. <laughs> by, by farmers only. I love I love I love our sponsors and all, but I will I will say this. I hate listening to podcasts where they're just like they try to make it like in the midst of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's like I I mean, I like, I, like I said, I like our sponsors and I only pick sponsors that like I would actually use their products. Uh-huh. And so it's like people like try to talk it up like it's the greatest thing ever. It's like, I mean, it is pretty great and I will say that, but it's not like I worship yeah. this product. Like they're not paying me that much. <laughs> try me undies. They've never hugged my nuts so great. It's like when you watch like TV commercials, it's like um, they're not worshiping Hanes underwear. Yeah. They're just like, this is a good brand of underwear. It feels comfy to be in. You should get some. Michael Jordan is doing these ads because he's bored and probably because he needs more gambling money. I mean, yeah, Space Jam 2 is not going to have him back. I know. It's not, it's just, it's not going to happen on its own. But anyways, let's go back to the church. But yeah, we're oh, talking yeah. to Catholics with little boys. And so, and I've thought about converting to Judaism just for the hell of it. Just, just so you like, could really kind of bring all your string, like plot strings together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the big thing, and all my plot, my plot threads. Yeah. And I learned like the biggest thing when if you're gonna like convert as an adult, it's like the reason why there's a lot more women who do it than men is because you got to be cut. To, uh, obviously, like that's the big thing. And so I was just like, well, I'm good, so yeah. um, I yeah. should be fine there. So I could do it no problem. Yeah, I don't remember that happening, so we're good. I know people want to do it when like they're adults, and it's like. Like nope. anyone's thinking like they shouldn't circumcise their child and they're like, oh, they can just get it if they get older. No, because if they're getting hormones and they get aroused, yeah, I mean, we can cuss on the show. You, sh- so. you should watch Jim Jeffries' most recent Netflix special oh, where I he was... talks about, about that. That's amazing. Oh, I was going to like remind you because he had that uh, skit about um, – um, him and his son getting food poisoning the same night. Yes, and I was yeah. just like, that is Josh and Cadence. Like, oh, man. I guess this is me now. This is me now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the same one where he talks about um, yeah. circumcision. <laughs> oh, man. My my rule is if I have a son, he's going he's gonna to oh, follow yeah. the Jewish heritage. One, because we're Jewish. Maybe. I don't know. Um, supposedly. So we're supposedly Jewish. Schwegler's Hashkenazi. So we're we're supposed the name is Jewish, but uh, also if he meets a woman, I don't want her to be terrified by him. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she already is going to be terrified by yeah, she's gonna be anything a, that my, comes my, out of you. What I'm hoping is I don't my they look like my wife or person I knock up or pods will be a thing and yeah. it'll be an accident. Yeah. You know. Or but maybe they'll have your hair though. I mean, true, that's, that's, that's all pretty that, good right now. It's pretty good. Yeah. I just got a haircut. So yeah. and uh, humidity. I was, I was thinking it was going to be raining, like, my whole drive. No, nope, it was fine. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I, we, it's, it's been raining for, like, four days straight. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, because I have, because, you know, all my friends have been consolidated. Oh, so yeah. I have Nashville, Kansas City, Kirksville, and now Bloomington. 
all my weather app when you know, swipe through. What's all my <laughs> friends up to? Because especially when it, when it hits like December or January, like I want to see the difference in weather between the two. Because yeah. like where my parents live, it was like negative ten. Where I was living, it was like twenty. And I was like, you know, this isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, it feels it feels cold, but it's not that cold. Mm-hmm. It's not Kirksville cold. Oh yeah, Kirksville. No, Kirksville is like dreadfully cold. It's like super windy. Have you yeah. ever been there? I haven't been to Kirksville. No, I've been. I've been throughout Missouri. Oh, yeah. So. I remember that one time you were going to stay with my parents. Oh, yeah. We were playing on it, and you're like, you know what? We don't need to. And I was like, <laughs> thank God, because I just spent the entire week with them, and we're not going to do it. And you do not want that. Well, no, I didn't want that, because I would have had to been there. I would have been like, they would probably just let you stay there if you wanted to. Yeah. But um, that would have been, well, no, because we just did, it was Thanksgiving, and it was like, you can only spend so many so much time with your parents in like a, and it's not like, when I'm with my parents, like, in their house, yeah, like, it's pretty spacious, so, like, I have, like, they give me, like, an extra room. Not my old bedroom. That converted into my dad's just junk room. <laughs> so, it's, like, my brother's room is my mom's office now. My room is, like, a junk room where, like, the ceiling fan light doesn't work anymore. So, <laughs> it doesn't bother to fix it. <laughs> they just don't care to fix it. I, I always suggest to them, like, hey, you know, you live on, like, a college campus, like, near a college campus. Like, have someone rent out a room for me. And they're like, no. They're <laughs> just like, they do not want anyone living with them anymore. And there's no thanks. You've ruined us. Because most I mean, my parents actually listen to the show now for some reason. Oh, fun. So they're going to listen to this. It's just like, oh, hi. It's like funny because most kids, like, say, live with their parents forever. Me and my brother both moved out at 19. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, and I think that's, that's partially a generational thing. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm 32. How old are you? 25 25 so so there's like a, i mean there is there is some difference there but i think that in general like it, it's partially generational and partially location it's like on the east coast where all my family is relocated to in the last you know decade or so like they um it's very common for people in their 30s to still be living with their parents like that's not weird that's just how it is oh yeah east coast um yeah and so and uh you know that's that's not weird for them to wait till their late 30s to get married Obviously, then, like, a lot of them tend to have kids really fast because they've done all of the other, like, young person stuff mm-hmm. they want to do, and they're ready to have families and whatnot. Um, on the, in the Midwest, that's becoming more the norm, but the Midwest tends to be behind by a few years on stuff like that. And so, <laughs> and so like, you know, it's still pretty common for people to leave as soon as possible to go do college. But then a lot of times, like, demographically, they end up back in their, in their hometowns. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not very often that they actually leave the nest at all. Um, whereas on the east coast or on the coasts, it if you the, the stats say that like you'll eventually when you do leave, like you leave and you're like on the other side of the country. Or, I know. And Midwest people like they get married, yeah, super young. Like my mom I got was married. Twenty one. Yeah, you're, my mom was twenty two and she got married. Yeah. And like my cousin was twenty two and she got married. And so they're just like oh, okay. And my mom was like the old maid apparently of her family. Yeah. Took forever to get married. My dad didn't get married till he was 26, and so my my parents just assumed, oh, he'll probably get married to 26 like his dad. Yeah. I'm like, no, probably won't. <laughs> my brother's 27. He's not married. So, and thank God, I feel sorry for that man. <laughs> or man he has to marry. Oh, or man. man's dumb enough to marry him. I know. He doesn't listen to the show, so I know. Oh, that's fair. So, we can talk smack about him all we want. 
works for me. But this will probably be probably be the most Christian episode of the show. Hey, you know what? I try to I try to up the Christian quotient as much as possible. I don't know if you knew this or if I told you this, but like we had a lot of Christian listeners at the beginning. Oh yeah. And I thought it was funny to not put explicit and just put all clean, clean episodes. <laughs> <laughs> How did that work out? Um, uh, well, luckily I have the network, and they're just like, yeah, if the FCC finds out about this, yeah, you're going to get fined a lot. I was like, oh, thanks for changing it. <laughs> yes, yeah. And that's why you get on a podcast network, so you can be stupid, and they clean up every bad thing you do. They, they fix you. They fix They just take care of that side you don't want to do. Yes. Like social media. And uh, stuff like that. But we're halfway through our episode, um, or at least our recording part, so we probably should talk about you a little bit more. So, Joshua M. Casey, J.M. Casey, um, so you've been, you've been moved out to Indiana. Indeed. To the B-Town, and you started writing a blog, and so I want to talk about this blog a little bit more. Okay. Um, so, um, what kind of like got you into starting this blog? I mean, I kind of know, but I want other people to know. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I was sort of like fucked repeatedly, repeatedly mm-hmm. by the church yeah. <laughs> in various ways. Um, so like, I, really when we moved out here, I mean, I was, I was pretty well broken down. Um, and, uh, I needed some way to kind of cope with that and I've always enjoyed writing. And so I used that as an outlet, especially cause I didn't have any opportunity now where, when I was previously working with college students, when I was um, working in churches and, and shit like that, like I, I had the chance to um, to preach, which was a good creative outlet because I, I think when it's done well, preaching can be a sort of um, you know I've heard it described like a guerrilla theater type thing mm-hmm. where you're actually you're you're using these moments of speaking as an opportunity not to just present a lecture but to actually um, kind of come into creatively like through the back door and mm-hmm. and, and get people. Um, to, to think about life, not just, not just some random sky God, but like life (laughs) and, and and who they are and what, what, um, their existence means in in a new way. And so I've always, I've always needed that creative outlet. And so, um, I, I realized that I had a lot of stuff to process. Mm -hmm. And, um, even though I was seeking out some therapy and other, other things, I still also felt the need to, to get some of that story out there. Um, and so I just started writing and basically my goal was to just kind of begin writing until like writing what I, I think I just called it like my story. And I just started writing until I felt like I said enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, I mean, I started, we moved here in January of 17 and I, I started writing that and I was doing, I think every other week at that point. And it basically, I, I did it, um, for several months, I don't even, I can't even remember now because I, I kept going after that and just did other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes just one off things that I was interested in sometimes, um, more like little mini series of things that I'm, I, I'm thinking about. Um, and so I, I mean, I, of course I would love to, to be able to, to do writing more consistently and more, um, vocationally at some point I'd love to have the opportunity to do that um, whether that's through publishing or through freelancing or whatever but I also recognize that saying that you're a writer tends to be a good way to like become a barista (laughs) um and so I'm not I'm not interested in making my my blog or writing or whatever I'm I'm not intending that to be something that I do um, vocationally where I actually make money out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least I'm not expecting that. If that happens, that's great. That's like gravy. Um, but, 
I needed someplace to process, and so I, I've I've joked because I've also written quite a bit down in um, in what I would hopefully someday consider to be a book. Um, and basically, my when when I talk about it, uh, my way of saying is like if I was to sit with a publisher and they would ask me, who, you know, that important question, who's your audience? I would just say me because I don't. I mean, I don't really know if anyone else would find it interesting, and if they did, if if it would be enough people to to warrant spending mm-hmm. money on it, you know. Um, and so, so like that kind of, to bring it back around like that, I I write for me, I write to process things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I found that when I'm doing that authentically, um, people who give it a chance tend to, um, find something out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that was what I realized in campus ministry, which is why I kept doing, doing the writing side of that is like, I found the students who responded, like it wasn't everyone. We had a, Mm -hmm. we had a, we had a relatively small ministry, but like that was sort of by design. Yeah. Um, you know, we weren't aiming to be super popular. We were aiming rather to be a place where people who felt disaffected with religion, but also at the same time felt something, there was something holding all this together Mm -hmm. and whether they believed it to be God or not, they wanted to explore it. And, um, that was a place where they could do that. And so I kind of want my writing to appeal to those type of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the, the like three people that read it, you know, my, my mom and probably actually no, my mom, she was like, Oh, you keep writing. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mom, I do. Thanks. Like every other week I write. And she's like, Oh, I had no idea. Like, see, <laughs> so basically no one reads, um, which is well, fine. I, I've been keeping up oh, with well, it. Well, thanks. You know? So, um, and it's not the, it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a three-minute read or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't exactly... Like on Micah's blogs, it says three-minute yeah, like, read. Well, and like <laughs> what, and what Micah's doing, because Micah's doing some good stuff, and what he's mm-hmm. doing is following all of the, like, really um, well well thought out and structured um, uh, strategies for having a marketable writing career, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is like, you know, f- so for instance, in blogs, you write certain kinds of headlines, you write certain kinds of, like you tell people how long it's going to take, you you structure your sentences and your, your um, prose in a certain way that people can easily digest it, they can read it like in between, like when they're sitting on the pot in, in at work mm-hmm. or something. Um, you can't really do that with my stuff, and I'm fine with that. Um, that's not the kind of stuff I enjoy reading. So it's not the stuff I enjoy mm-hmm. writing. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, continuing from, from once I got my story written down mm-hmm. about getting fired from multiple churches and, mm-hmm. um, for various reasons, whether it's because I screwed up or because like, they just didn't like what I, like what I believed. They didn't mm-hmm. like how my mental furniture was arranged. Um, I, I just kind of kept going. And so like, and it's, it's been about everything. I mean, I've, I've written some social oriented stuff like about gun control and stuff. I've written mm-hmm. about like random theological ideas that just strike me interestingly right now. I'm, I'm writing about my favorite childhood book, the Velveteen rabbit because mm-hmm. it's because I can and nobody cares. And like, if three people want to read it, that's great. If no one does, I enjoyed writing it. And, um, I can link, you know, the story, the, the children's story of the Velveteen Rabbit to like my experience of being broken down and trying to figure out if anything, like if I'm going to become a better person through it all. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the story of it and where we are now. And so, so since we're getting into the religion and you actually have pizza that delivers at this time. We do. Around here. Wow. I, I ordered a pizza from Dom. I just saw a pizza truck outside. Oh, well, so. Like, did we order a pizza? And I didn't no, know this? I, I was just like, <laughs> I could have subconsciously 
That's, I've done that. I have this app called Slice um, that just you can order pizza. Well, well some, someday they'll embed the app Slice in your head, and you can just think, order pizza now. Yeah, that's probably all I'm going to need. That'll be great. Um, but anyway, so we're talking about it because we were talking about I was church, and I think we were having a discussion, I want to say like a month or two ago, mm-hmm. where my analogy with organized religion and where, like, I still probably believe a lot of the same things as everyone. Yeah. But my idea of, like, going to church is, Ugh. like, I would, I hate that idea. Yeah. And as we were talking about before, I'm like, am I going to have to catch up on a few things? <laughs> and it's like, I compare it to a house on fire where, because we've already talked about this, mm-hmm. but it's like where it's on fire and what do you what are you supposed to do when a house is on fire? You're supposed to leave the house. <laughs> and so, and that's, and I think that's the best comparison I have. And so, and I mean, that's like been my whole life, you know, with Warrensburg and mm-hmm. where I feel like, well, the house is kind of burnt down now. Yeah. <laughs> now it's pretty much burnt down where, so Nashville's, I had to take a route in Nashville. And so it's just like, and then there's a lot of people who says, oh, you got to stick with the house through and through. Yeah. No matter the good and the bad. It's like, no, if you do that, you're just going to get burned. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we got, and my idea is you got to leave fires to firefighters, like people who are equipped mm-hmm. to actually be putting out these fires, not just anyone who has like a bucket of water or anything. Is that still like an analogy? Well, yeah. Did so, you ever think about that? And like, how have you gone from there? Yeah. So I think <laughs> that there's, there's some interesting ways to look at that. So, um, there's a kind of a church history theory out there of, um, uh, it was really kind of promulgated by this woman named Phyllis Tickle who, who talked about what she called like the great rummage sale of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talked about how about every, if you look at, um, and she was, she, I think she was using other people's research, but she was talking about how about every 500 years or so you can watch the church and, and really just people of faith in general, particularly in the Judeo Christian tradition, you watch every 500 years or so and people, um, like you can kind of see like things get overturned and, and like old things get, get, you know, jettisoned and new things get brought mm-hmm. in and old things that had been forgotten are rediscovered. Um, you know, they would talk about like the rummage sale of the church or the attic sale of the church. And so like you see that, um, you see it in the Jewish tradition, but in the church specifically, you see about 500 years after the, after what we would consider the birth of the church. Um, there's a lot of turnover, um, and there's a lot of, of really great like classical theology. And actually that was, uh, kind of one of the historical stories we had, had mentioned, um, earlier that we might talk about later, um, in, in which there's a lot of things that that happen about um, people trying to to solidify what it what it is to what it means to be a Christian, um, and then about 500 years after that, um, there's the Great Schism in in uh, between the Catholic and the um, Orthodox churches, the Eastern and the Western mm-hmm. churches, and so like there's this breaking point where things have been coming to a head for a while, and finally they say, okay, we've we've got to figure out who we are and kind of re-identify ourselves. And then about 500 years after that is the Reformation, which is like Martin Luther and those people who say, okay, you guys, like, there's too much stuff that's built around this. We need to break it down. Mm-hmm. And then 500 years after that is now. And so you're looking at this and what you're saying is like, it's not surprising that it takes about that long for people to kind of start something new to kind of find the, the old stuff that's still good to get rid of the stuff that's not worth anything. And then the stuff that used, like the stuff that was new and exciting becomes old and encrusted. And so like, you have to break that up. And so we're, I think we're in a period of breaking up and, and maybe that means that, um, 
the church doesn't survive, or maybe it does. Um, I don't think, uh, if, if God exists, um, you know, I mean, Christianity is just a supposition. I think if it's being honest, we're just saying like, well, supposing that someone put all this into motion, maybe it's like this. And so if, if someone put all this into motion Mm -hmm. and if it's like this, and if anyone is still listening that can follow this right now, (laughs) basically uh, what we're saying is like, if there's something in charge of all this, um, that thing, it, he, she does not need the church specifically to continue doing what it does. But if the church wants to be used by that, it can be. And I think some people do and some people don't. And so it just depends on uh, if you want to be involved in a community, you find one that seems like it's trying to bring more light and, and goodness into the world. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's not going to get it perfect. And so you, so you find that. And I think that those communities exist. I think that we had one for a while in Missouri. I think that mm-hmm. um, there are parts of what I'm participating in now that do mm-hmm. that. And there are parts that don't. Um, and so I think I, I'm still in church, for instance, because not only is it a good place for my family to be where we can. Because and, and the Episcopal Church is very like socially minded and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's doing good work. Um, but it, it's a place where we can... Um, meet other people who are also trying to bring light into the world, mm-hmm. um, and, and and that's that's what we're after is is trying to find other people who can partner with us mm-hmm. and provide community. So you would say in my house analogy, it's like save the baby pictures, save like <laughs> things that really matter to you, and then get out. Yeah, I would say so. I would say that part of the issue is that um, people have been saying that the house is on fire for two thousand years. Mm-hmm. And so it could be that we think the house is on fire when, when in reality it's just like we need to go turn down the thermostat. Um, or maybe, like, there is a room that's on fire, and if you would just, like, leave that room and close the door, like, the rest of the house is sealed off from that somehow. You know what I mean? It's almost like the Titanic, like, yeah. which is actually a really bad example. Sorry. But like, on VHS, you know, of course. Yeah, of course, on VHS. Um, but, like, this idea of, like, where there's these compartments, and if you can seal one off, maybe you can save the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's kind of what um, what I'm saying is that, that, that the whole house doesn't have to be burning down. You can leave the room mm-hmm. um, and continue forward. And, and I think that, but if you don't, like, if you want to leave the house, I don't think that you should worry that, like, <laughs> the person who made the house is going to never let you own another house. <laughs> you know? Like... You can leave the house and go find another one or fucking sleep on the street if that's where you want to if that's where you want to be and the one who made the house also made the street and that they're okay with that. Um they're they're big enough to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um that's uh, that's so as far as your analogy goes I mean I think it's I think it's an interesting analogy and I mean you can keep stretching it and thinking about like well, what what do you leave what do you take mm-hmm. um I mean, if I think about it, like pictures are important to me and my, you know, I've got a giant bookshelf there. Those are important to me. But like in the end, I'm taking my family if this house is burning mm-hmm. and that's all I'm taking. I don't care. Um, I'm not running back in for the the pictures on the wall. I'm not running back in for, I might run back in for my whiskey, but that'd be Yeah, I was it. thinking like the log of wool like, and I yeah, would run back in for that. Yeah. I, that's actually, you know, there's... Uh, there's a lot of dust on that bottle because I keep waiting for something good to happen to me <laughs> because that's my celebratory whiskey. So, like, I haven't drank that in, like, a year now. I don't think I have any celebratory anything anymore. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just whatever. <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. So uh, we got two more things we got to do this episode. Um, so first thing you got to do every time I have a friend on the show, 
have to tell your favorite Sam story. <laughs> it's just a tradition. Yes. So um, take it away whenever you're ready. Um, I was thinking about my first, trying to remember the first time that I like met you. And I think, was it whenever I was essentially applying for the job at that, yeah. that retreat? Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, so I had come from a, previously from a, a campus ministry where I was leading music and, um, it was it, like, it was bad. I, I'm a mediocre musician and I was the best person in like there by a long shot. Oh, that's like, there were a couple other people who had been involved that were, that were pretty good or, or as good as me. But, um, as a general rule, like I was teaching people how to play music in order to lead the music. Um, there were only a couple other people who came in knowing, knowing how to play. And so, um, so when I came, came to this, like, it was a retreat mm-hmm. out in the Smoky Mountains, um, Pigeon Forge, which, you know, is like what half destroyed now. Um, <laughs> so it's funny, but it's not funny, but it's funny, but it's not. Well, anyway. I live in Tennessee, so um, I can so, laugh. Yeah. I can laugh. Um, so anyway, like I, you know, I showed up there having no idea what to expect and y- you know, like you guys were great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was you and it was Cameron. Um, what was Micah playing? Um, no, Micah wasn't there. Micah wasn't there. That's right. Um, Justin. Justin was playing drums, and he's really solid. And we had uh, uh, there were there were several people there, and like they're all solid. Um, like you, you guys, you just you knew your shit. And mm-hmm. so I could say we're gonna play this, and then you go okay, and we'd play it, and it was great. And like I was trying to keep up um, because again I'm mediocre, um, and that was so I just remember like you being. Um, just like a solid guitarist and, and like someone who I would sing something to and you go, Oh, it's like that. And you'd sing it better. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what it was. Um, and oral training. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I was totally fine with that. I wasn't really threatened by that because I knew where I stood musically. It was, (laughs) but it was surprising to not have to carry anyone anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, that was one of my first memories of you was just being carried instead of carrying Mm -hmm. in a, in a musical sense there. That's good. Any funny stories? That's what we really wanted to hear. Oh, funny stories. God. See, I always go for the, like, the heartfelt. Um, funny stories. I'm trying, I mean, there's just so many, Sam. That's the problem. Um, I mean, I always come back to your roast, but I don't know if that one's been told before or not. Well, we, we, episode four, we just re-recorded. You just played the roast. It was the roast, yeah. Well. But that was, that was, like year and a half ago so because i remember like my my thing in that was when i knew that you were gonna have it first i was like sam you don't want this like this is going to be bad you like people are going to make fun of you you're like i know and i'm like no really like they're going to make fun of you and you're like i know i'm like no really like they could hurt your feelings so like i know oh okay cool and so then like i still couldn't quite bring myself to do it <laughs> plus i'm not good at it like i'm not good i thought at it was it. all funny and, I so, didn't. and so basically what i did was i i made fun of you by saying nice things about you and so, like, I, I spent the, I mean, with one or two exceptions, I, I said, well, like, one or two things. But the rest of the time, though, I just said nice things about you just to try to make you as uncomfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that, like, that sticks in my head a lot of just standing up there and, and talking about you as a nice person. <laughs> I know. We were just like, let's have Josh as the opener to just really start it off strong. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, you know what, Sam? I think you're a great human being. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, oh, you're gonna be so mad. This is gonna like end bad so badly. I'm like, and it didn't. It was no, fine. It was fine. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I mean, knew with the, was, with the exception of the, um, the vaping and the the natty light, natty ice. That, I thought that was funny too. <laughs> but, so, so. Oh man, that's that's what I remember though. Which is funny because I went from Boulevard to PBR. And just yeah. That, that was well, my, I mean, Boulevard weed is uh, you know those 
Yeah. It's like anyway. slightly darker. Yeah, it's 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 better, but mm-hmm. they don't have it in Tennessee. That's why I had to switch. Oh yeah, they might have it now. I just probably have to look. Are there any major breweries in Tennessee? There is nothing I've been super impressed with. There's Jackalope, yeah. which if you've ever come down to Nashville, what they have there, it's I don't know if they do brewery tours, but I played there two or three times, and it's like a coffee shop, but they serve beer oh. instead, so it's like really chill. Interesting. Yeah, um, see, there's like there are tons of, of breweries here in Indiana, and a lot of them are really good. And so, like in Missouri, there's a few. Like, mm-hmm. there's only a few, the, and the one the ones they have are pretty decent. Um, some of them are really good, some of them are okay. Um, and then, yeah, like uh, Oklahoma, where I grew up, only has a couple. Mm-hmm. And so, moving here, where there are tons of really good breweries, kind of blew me away. Yeah, so Jackalope's good. They have Tailgate, but that's. I haven't had anything I'm been impressed with. Yeah. I'm even the next episode that's coming out. It's gonna be two weeks from today. Um, we talk about Tailgate too. Oh yeah. And I was just like, how I'm not impressed with. Uh, I haven't been impressed with Tailgate yet. Hmm. So I'm hoping Tailgate actually hears the episode and like gives me a variety of beers. <laughs> and so, so Tailgate, if you're listening to this episode, sponsor the Schwedcast. I need I need examples. If you sponsor it, I'll tell you, you guys are amazing. Yeah. But maybe I just <laughs> haven't had a good beer yet. But. But yeah, I haven't had an, I haven't seen too many, or maybe I just haven't tried. Well, we have the Jack Daniels Brewery not too far. Oh, uh, the distillery so it's like, there. With, yeah. So we might, and then like, even like when you, in Pigeon Forge, like where we went to, they had like Moonshine Distillery. Yeah, there's a little smoky. There's another one there that's really good. I've had I've had some of the the other one. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name anyway. So, and yeah, but I'm Middle Tennessee. I think that's technically. So yeah. And I've only lived in Tennessee for two years, so I, I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. just not. You're I, not a Tennessean yet. I, I feel like my my rule is how the state you've lived in the longest. Yeah. And so I'm still technically a Kansan. So mm. even Thanks though I've been lived in Kansas since 2006. But but gender That's gender wise, the Obama presidency, man, it's been a long time. I feel like you need to update your my your residency. Yeah, um, I would I would say Tennessee probably. I've <laughs> I've adopted a lot of Southern traits. Um, I was like super friendly. Is that why you came in with cowboy boots? Is that what that was? <laughs> uh, no, we wear. Um, what do we wear in Nashville? We wear Chelsea Chelsea boots, and then we wear all black and a um, wide brimmed hat as well. So, so here's my question then: When you're sitting in a coffee shop or in a bar, and somebody walks in, and you know that they are a musician, mm-hmm. what like what is it that gives it away? Okay, so first off, skinny skinny jeans or skinny pants. Okay, so skinny pants. Um, they do wear like Chelsea boots or some type of boots, not cowboy boots, but some some type of boots. Okay. And then the next thing they wear. It's like are the pants tucked into the boots? That's that that whole vibe. No, that... over the boot. Oh, over the boot. Okay, because they're like skinny jeans. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so and this is this is the musicians I would be around or listen yeah. to, not the not the people I'd see on Broadway. People on Broadway wear like cargo <laughs> shorts, <laughs> um, and then a lot of times they're wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt. I don't know why; it's just a Guns N' Roses shirt, and sometimes a jean vest Ooh. and a wide brim hat. I can I can like tell I can pick them out from a crowd. That's funny. Like I don't dress super Nashville musician like, but yeah, like pretty much when I if I meet someone new, it's like, oh, so you a uh, Belmont student or a musician? <laughs> So I mean, that's I'm not, fair. It's like I mean, like, <laughs> well, 
you're half right. And, you know, uh, the occasional times I've been giving lift rides, people just start talking to me. So like, so you play around here a lot? Yeah. <laughs> randomly. I'm like, oh. you're a musician. <laughs> if you're giving lift rides, you're obviously a mm-hmm. musician. That's the. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, yeah, I need the extra money. It's like, obviously, I'm not playing downtown. So you don't know me. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I have standards on what music I'll play. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I think we need to pause us for a little bit because we got to put a little bit more alcohol in us. It's true. And we are going to recite. We're going to instead of doing our drinking story like we usually traditionally do with Josh, we're going to do drunk church history. Yeah. And so we're going to get a little bit more alcohol in us and then we'll be back. As my four year old son would say. All right. So we're now decently a little drunk. As you can tell from the way I'm speaking right it's, now. It's good enough. So we're going to take it away to Josh Casey on drunk church history. So take it away. Yeah. All right. So for tonight, I wanted to tell the story of Maximus the Confessor, um, one of my favorite uh, theologians. So so there's this guy. His, his name is Maximus. Um, yeah, like the same name as the dude from the movie Gladiator, but but not that guy. So don't. Don't, like, don't get it confused. Anyway, um, so Maximus the Confessor, which, by the way, he's called the Confessor because, like, he wasn't technically martyred, which means, like, he was killed for his faith. Like, that didn't happen. Like, he was maimed, which we'll get to, um, and then later died. And so he gets the title of Confessor. It's kind of cool because he is um, he is venerated, which means, like, he's a saint for, like, both the Eastern and the Western churches. Like, if you would consider yourself an Eastern Orthodox, like Russian or Greek— he is a saint in your tradition, as well as in the Western churches, like the the um, the Catholic Church and the um, the Anglican churches, Lutheran and whatnot. Anyway, so I want to tell this story because I, I find it interesting. And and when when Sam and I were talking about this, we were talking about drunk stories, and I was joking about how I I love the show Drunk History and how it'd be funny if I could do an actual like drunk church history and. I'm not quite intoxicated enough to like sit there and, and say a lot of crazy shit, but I feel like we can tell the story interestingly enough because this guy went through a lot. So, so Maximus was born in the in the um, late sixth century, lived through the seventh, um, and he he lived at a really interesting time in the church's history in which they were trying to decide what it means, like what, what do you have to believe to be a Christian, and so they had these things called that they called. Um, the councils and they would gather together and they would say like, this is like, if you want to be considered a Christian, here is what that means. Um, and if you don't want to be considered a Christian, then you can believe something else. Um, and the thing was, was that this was because the church had, had embedded itself with power. And, and I think that that's interesting because today, you know, in the political, political climate in which we live, like people are, um, you know, you see the church, particularly the evangelical church, embedding itself with power, and you see it trying to. It's it's really the the result of like a thirty year gambit to gain power, um, to get stuff done that it wants to get done, and and you see them basically saying like, we don't care. You know, I don't know how political this this podcast gets, right, but like, go for it. Um, we you know they're basically saying we don't care what Trump says, what he does. Um, we don't care the the types of things that you know he or people who are under him are about, provided they give us the judges that we want in the Supreme Court, they enact the policies that we want on such things as as immigration and um, same sex marriage. 
um, and abortion. And, and these, like, as long as we get those things done, we, you can do whatever you want. And, and the church was in a similar situation, you know, 1,500 years ago. The, because um, Constantine, the, the, the emperor who first really accepted Christianity um, as his own, he basically said, like, I, I, he basically offered the empire to the church. And, and for a long time, they had been, for like 400 years, they had been the ones who, who no one had wanted. They had been the ones who were on the outskirts. And now all of a sudden they had someone who said, I'm, I'm like they offered him the king. He, Constantine offered the church the keys to the kingdom, <laughs> but not God's kingdom or, or whoever, whoever you want to say. He, he offered them the, the keys to the Roman Empire, basically. Mm-hmm. He, he handed them the keys to the, to the Lamborghini and said, like, don't, don't fuck it up. <laughs> But then, like, Constantine shows up, and he's like, all right, look, I'm a military man. I'm a, I'm a general. And so, like, I fucking expect you to, like, know what you're doing. I, I want you to know that there is, like, this is the way things are done, and there's going to be clear lines of communication. And then he shows up to the church, and they're like, um, yeah, we all believe different things. Like, people who believe, who live on this side of the Mediterranean Sea believe this, this thing. People who believe on like live on this side, believe something else. And we all kind of like, we're, we're not really together. And he's like, well, fuck this. We're going to get this all straightened out. And so he starts the councils. And so from then on out, they have these, these ecumenical councils where people come together and like the empire of the Roman empire fits the bill, foots the bill for for these people to show up. And they like determine like they, they have votes basically. And they're like, if you believe this, you're a Christian. If you believe this, you're not. Um, that had really never happened before. And so up until that point, um, up until about the three hundreds, you could kind of believe a lot of different things and still be considered a Christian. And at this point they say, this is what it means to be, to be one. So fast forward a couple hundred years into the five hundreds and into the six hundreds. Um, and they're trying, they're like, they're parsing these really philosophical, crazy ideas about what it means to, to follow the Jesus path. And so it, it has gone from this religion that was based out of Judaism, which itself is pretty varied and has a lot of different thoughts um, on, on what it means to be a, a good Jew, and still does today, um, to like now they're, they're having like the most powerful people in the world gathering together and saying, if you want to be on the right side of history, as they would say, you have to believe these things. And so they're saying, like, okay, if you want to believe the right stuff, you have to believe that Jesus, you know, this this Jew from Nazareth had God inside of him. And not only that, he was, like, half God and half man. And that, like, those two, like, pieces of him acted in a particular way. And so Maximus shows up at a time when these people are saying, like, well maybe there was more God than man. Like there was a man, but he was kind of like just being used by God. Um, and so Maximus is like, no, no, I don't think that's correct. And he, so like he schedules a public debate. So this guy, Maximus, like he, um, he obviously like by, by what we know of him knows a lot about philosophy, knows a lot about the history of, of, um, his, his particular region. And, um, he seems seems to be well educated to a to a certain degree, and he basically says like, "Look, we're going to have a debate." And so he calls out one of the the strongest supporters of the this idea that like Jesus was not really a man; he was just kind of like he was God that was like pretending to be a man. 
and they have this debate. Maximus wins. Um, and so he, like, so so then, like, his opponent is like, well, shit, okay, fine, you're correct, you're right. And so they have this council where they're like, well, the thing that our friend, I'm, I'm eh, God, so this is where, like, you almost need, like, drunk history where you can see the person so you oh, can yeah. see how confused they are. Because I'm trying to tell the story without getting too confused. So we're going to give names to people. So, okay, so we've got Maximus, right? Maximus is the good guy here. He has a debate with his friend. We're going to call him uh, Todd. So Todd, <laughs> um, he, has a, he has a debate with Todd. Todd loses the, the debate. And so, to, and so Todd is like, well, fuck it, fine. You know, I can see which way the wind is blowing. You guys are right. And so they, they like, then they call a council. And they're like, all right, Todd and all of his people are wrong. And Todd's like, okay, fine, I'm on your side now. Um, but then, and so, like, things are great, right? And so Maximus is in power. Things are, things are, are happening well. But then, but then the emperor dies. And so then a new emperor comes in. And, and the new emperor, we're going to call him Sam. So, so, so the new emperor is Sam. And Sam's like, well, fuck, fuck Maximus and, and the previous emperor and all these guys. Like, I like Todd. Todd is pretty cool. And so, and so then the emperor is able to, because he is like the head of the church and the state, he's able to say, well, we're going to gather another council. We're going to say that Maximus and all his friends are wrong. And so, so then like Todd is now right. And so they, they bring Todd out, and they have, like, this this trial, and they're like, well, you're wrong. And Todd's like, no, I'm not. And so they send him out to, like, to exile, which was a common thing that they did back then. They bring him back a few years later, and they're like, well, what do you think? Like, you've sweated out for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I still think you're wrong. And so Todd and his friends and, they, and Sam, the emperor, they're like, mm-hmm. well, you're wrong. So they cut out they cut off his tongue so that he can't speak his his heresies anymore. Good. They cut off his hand, his right hand, so he can't write letters anymore to talk about how like his view is correct. And then they send him off to prison and he dies in prison. And so he wasn't technically martyred, but he was killed, like he was maimed and then like he died of his wounds and so that's why he's called the confessor because he confessed the faith. And so like it's an interesting story because this guy died because of a really small controversy like the monothelite controversy is what it's called and and i'm not going to get into that because no one really cares (laughs) i don't even care and i find it interesting so i mean is we the important thing here is that maximus was uh was of a group of people who believed and and this is important if you're still listening if you have managed to stay this long hang on hang on okay um if you've managed to stay this long and you're still listening. Maximus was of a group of people who believed that God or, or whomever or whatever you may say controls all of this stuff that set all of this into motion. The God that, that called out to or that Abraham thought was calling out to him thousands of years ago. The God that, um, you know, Isaac and Jacob and that the prophets and that, that King David and all these people whom, whom we, we learn about in the, the history of the Bible, um, this, that God was moving things. And Maximus believed that that God had somehow in some special way been involved in the life of the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Like, we have more evidence that the person of Jesus of Nazareth lived than, than Alexander the Great. No one questions that Alexander the Great lived. So we believe that, like, we believe as a historical fact Jesus lived. So Jesus is alive. 
um, in the first century. And we and, and and we believe for some reason that God invested God's self, herself, himself in <laughs> this person of Jesus, right? And, and that this this person named Jesus had had the divine more present in himself than than other people do. Like we all have this divine spark within us, but Jesus is burned brighter. And what Maximus was saying was that the human element of that Jesus of Nazareth was still active, whereas the the divine element was also active, and they were both very present within this person of Jesus. Um, And he was tortured for that, for believing that. It it seems like a small thing, but for them it was huge. And to me, it, it brings to mind a couple things. First off, that really nothing ever changes, like, power power changes hands pretty quickly you know within the span of a generation or less and so what you may see as being like a terrible calamity of this particular person gaining power um will change it could be good it could be bad it it could be things could get worse or things could get better but it will change um, because shortly after Maximus dies of his wounds in prison, he's or he's um, canonized as a saint, and so like then people are people go, oh well, actually Maximus was right all along, and today we're still talking about him, and we're not talking about the people, other, other the people that he beat in his debate, other than the fact that we you know like Sam the emperor and Todd the the stupid guy like that he beat them, um. And, and I find it interesting because I, I believe because, because of my own personal experiences and, and quite honestly because of the way I was raised. I, I was raised with the stories that are in the Bible. Um, I, I don't know if those stories happened the way that they did. Um, I think many of them are, are parables or are tales or, um, you know, ways that we are trying to understand the world. But I see these stories that are in the Bible that as, as – ways that humanity is trying to express its understanding of of reality in that there is something bigger than us and maximus and people like him spent gave their lives trying to say that there is something bigger than us that is both working with and within us and is also allowing us to still be ourselves i am still josh and, and you you're still sam but whatever put this in emotion is also working within us. Um, not necessarily to make everything better, but it, but it is making things and we have the choice to, to work with it. And maybe if we choose to work with it, we can make things better. And so the story of Maximus is interesting to me because it's, it's the story of someone who believes so deeply that the divine or whatever you want to call it is, is active in this world and is willing to work with something as small as a human being to, to make, to make this world better, to make it full of light and love and peace. Um, that he was willing to have his tongue cut out. He was willing to have his arm chopped, his hand chopped off and then to be thrown into prison because he believed that deeply that the divine works within us. And, and so when I think about the sto- when I think about stories, when I think about the church history, I just find the story of Maximus the Confessor to be a a bright spot in a time in which people spent most of their time arguing over political power and over what they can do to to get ahead. 
Um, but he was willing to lose really everything in order to to show something bigger than himself. So uh, there you go. There's there's drunk church history, um, the story of Maximus the Confessor from the sixth and seventh century, and um, yeah, and stay woke. Stay woke. And to wrap up this episode, Josh, where can we find all of your uh, writing and blogs and everything? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Twitter is the JM Casey. Um, my uh, blog is Joshua M Casey. It's still dot blogspot.com. Someday I might actually like. Is choose, it blogspots? Or not blogspot. Shoot. No, that's my oldest one. It's, it's WordPress. You're okay. Right. Good. I'm it's, like, sorry. Geez, let me Josh, what that. generation my are Twitter, you in? My Twitter is correct. I did have a blogspot. My Twitter is correct. It's the JM Casey. But my um, blog is Joshua M Casey dot uh, wordpress.com. Um, yeah. No, that's correct. And are you on Pornhub? I am on Pornhub. I'm at the James Casey slash um, man boobs. <laughs> that, the man boob section that's yeah. getting really popular these days. It, it is. I tell you what. I mean, I've seen a lot of hits. I I realized that ninety percent of them were you. I was True. really sad because I was hoping that most of them were for women. Just thick, but just thick men. Thick. Is that two C's or one C? Two C's. I, I don't understand. You'll have to explain that to me. Yeah, I'll I'll explain it when your kids are around. So oh, I can, okay, that's <laughs> fair. Know, that's fair. So I'm going to have to explain it to them, too. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to explain it once. But anyways, thank you for so much for listening to this episode of the Schwedcast. Indeed. You, you can check out more shows like this one at schwedmedia.com and more of what I do on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis at samschweglermusic.com. And like always, stay awesome. Casting.